Hallelujah. Thank you. Praise the Lord. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. How great is our God. Barry, you were there Friday. Everyone was just fell on their faces. That was what amazing. Just on their faces. I, I was watching Josh. Josh, you were there. Come, come for a moment. Tell us what you were feeling. <laughs> it was, it was just an astonishing moment. Oh wow. Well, first of all, because I was armor bearer, I was, had my eyes on Pastor Catherine, making sure everything was all right. But as I closed my eyes, just for that. Sp- quarter of a second <laughs> I heard this shriek because I knew she was in front of me probably about four foot in front and as I opened my eyes I saw her in midair exactly what Pastor James said like a V and I, tr- I thought she was going to smack her head so I had my hand down there and I was like what the heck my heart rate just went 100 miles an hour but you could sense probably a couple of minutes before that I could feel something shifting in the atmosphere and so I don't think anyone here we're just touched. I think every single person here was transformed by something in that moment. That was the most incredible thing to witness. Praise the Lord. It was just the fear of the Lord came in the room. And, you know, I, I take a moment to just give God glory, not because of manifestations, but because, you know, his heart desire is for us to fully experience his love, to fully experience his presence. I'd spent the day crying out for his presence. And, you know, so often we, we have a sense of worshipping from a distance, worshipping, seeing through a glass dimly. The Bible says that we do. We see through a glass dimly and we, we give it our, our best shot to try and connect with God. But I feel like there is being eye salve released where we are recognising and seeing the glory in, in an invitation into a greater level of supernatural wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. The eyes of our understanding being enlightened to know Him more. And, you know, it, it, those who have more will be given. I, I was reading a book by John and Carol Arnott, um, um, about the presence of God. What's it called? Um, Preparing for glory. And Bill Johnson wrote the foreword. And um, he was just saying, you know, that um, when he was at, he went up to Toronto and he, he said he didn't really experience much. He didn't feel much, but he took it by faith. And the fire of God then started to manifest in his meetings. But he was saying that God sends the fire, but this, in the scriptures, the, the priests are responsible for stewarding that fire, for keeping the fire going. And we have a responsibility to keep that fire going. And that is by what we focus on, what we give our attention to. I was talking to Emily about this this morning. Uh, we had Sophie staying with us from Tasmania. Where are you, Sophie? Where are you? There you are. Hello. And we were just talking about focus and the importance of keeping our eyes. And I said, you know, there's so many red herrings around at the moment, but we've got to be really careful. And so Emily looked up, where did this meaning red herrings come from? People talk about red herrings all the time. And when she looked it up, it was actually um, a training tool that they would use for hunting dogs. So hunting dogs have to get on the scent and go after what they're trained and their their mission is to go after. And they would use these smoked red herrings, which are pungent, really strong smell, 
to, to try to get them to get off the scent and see if they would, you know, to test them, to see if they would leave the scent and go after the stronger smell, uh, the pungent aroma of the smoked red herring. And the idea was to, to teach them not to go after that, but to stay on task, stay on mission. And I just really believe we need to be really careful right now to keep our eyes on what God is doing and what God is saying. Because there, if, we, if we're not focused, then we will miss what he's doing. God is asking us to give our eyes and our attention, our heart to him. His heart is that we would love him. Hallelujah. So Father, we thank you for all that you've done and all that you're going to do. And Lord, we ask for more. You said to ask for rain in the time of rain. So, Lord, we're asking for more. We're asking for rain. Holy Spirit, come. We welcome your presence. We give you glory. We give you honor and we give you praise. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. So, as James said, I was worshiping the Lord and just, I thought the glory got really thick. And I thought for a moment to myself, I wonder if I'll be able to keep standing up. And I thought, I'll be right. And next minute, it was, it was like a fireball hit me in the belly. I was thrown backwards, uh, like uh, uh, probably eight feet, boom. And then on my floor with the groanings and the, the fire of God. And, and I just really believe the Holy Spirit is wanting to release new levels of glory and fire uh, to the place where, I tell you, in that moment, he's got your attention, who saw the storm last night? We sat out the back and watched the lightning and the thunder. And I couldn't help but worship. And as I'm listening to this lightning and thunder, it's getting closer. Your heart sort of starts to beat. Like, oh, I wonder if you should go inside. Oh, we can stay a bit longer. You know, anybody else like to storm watch? But when it's really intense storm, and it was pretty intense storm last night, um, you know, your heart goes a bit fast when there's the thunder booming and the lightning. And the Bible says that there is a storm all around him, lightning and thunder in the throne room. And I wondered, I wonder what it's like, God, if, if our hearts race in a natural storm and can't help but worship God, what will it be like? Hallelujah. You know, I, I've been seeking the Lord as to what to share with you today, and I believe the Holy Spirit's giving us a word and asking for our attention. We've been in uh, looking in Hosea, the book of Hosea, and I just want to start there again uh, to, today. Thank you, Father, for your presence. You know, I sat down this morning when I woke up and I read through the whole book of Hosea, and this is a fascinating story. This prophet was told to go and marry a prostitute and that she would be unfaithful to him, but marry her anyway as a prophetic sign of God and his people. And sure enough, he marries her. They've got, they have kids and she runs off after all the other lovers. And she gets um, uh, bound to another man and the Lord tells Hosea, go and buy her back. Go and pay whatever needs to be paid to set her free and bring her back. And so he goes and he pays for her to be set free from that other man's service so that she could come back and be his bride. 
And it's a picture for us of what Jesus has done for us. He came and he gave his life for people who, who were unfaithful, for people who didn't love him back, but he just gave himself. He gave, he, came, he gave his whole life. He didn't pay a sum. He paid the ultimate price, came and gave his life. And the language that I've been seeing all the way through the scripture has just been hitting my heart so deeply, the passionate heart of love that God has for people, his longing for people, the whole essence of this entire book, the Bible, is about God wanting you and I to love him back. When Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? In in Matthew 22, He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and your your soul and all your mind. Sometimes when you're reading the Old Testament, you can get this impression that God is demanding. Yes, this is what you need to do. And yes, this is what you need to do. But his heart isn't coming as a controller. His heart is coming as a lover. His heart is coming as a parent that longs for his people. Let's have a look again in Hosea chapter 6. Some wonderful verses, and yet you can read the whole chapter. But verse 4, it says this, What shall I do with you, O Ephraim? What shall I do with you, O Judah? For your loyalty is like a morning cloud and like the dew which goes away early. Verse 6, he says, For I delight in loyalty rather than sacrifice, and in the knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. I shared last week, I was so struck by the New American Standards rendering of this verse, because I'm so used to my New King James. Carsten and I have a, have a thing. He likes the New, New American Standard. I'm beginning to really enjoy it. I'm, I'm learning to like it. Hallelujah. But I thought, why have they translated this word loyalty when the New King James translates it mercy? Because mercy and loyalty are just two very different words. So looking it up in the Hebrew, I was really fascinated by it. It's translated kindness by implication towards God. Mercy, kindness, loyalty towards God. It's like, what what do you mean, God? And you can hear the heart of the Father here saying, my desire is that you would love me, that you would have mercy on my deep longing for your loyalty, for your love. I am a jealous God. But when he says he's a jealous God, it's not in a negative sense. It's a, I love you and everything in me. The thing I want more than any sacrifice you could possibly bring me is your heart. I desire that you would have kindness toward me. And you can hear the heart of God, not a demanding dictator, but Ah, have mercy on me. My heart is breaking for you. If you have a look in in chapter 11, he's speaking about Israel in verse 1 of chapter 11. He says, when Israel was a youth, I loved him. And out of Egypt, I called my son. You might remember that verse from 
uh, in the New Testament when they're referring to Jesus. The more they called them, speaking of the prophets, the more they went from them. They kept sacrificing to the Baals and kept burning incense to idols. In other words, the more the prophets called to them to come back to me, the more they went after, after idols. Yet it is I who taught Ephraim to walk. I took them in my arms, but they did not know that I healed them. I led them with cords of a man and with bonds of love, and I became to them as one who lifts the yoke from their jaws, and I bent down and fed them. Verse 7, so my people are bent on turning from me. Though they call them to the one on high, none at all exalts him. This is where I love verse 8. How can I give you up, O Ephraim? How can I surrender you, O Israel? How can I make you like Adama? And how can I treat you like Zeboim? My heart is turned over within me. All my compassions are kindled. I will not execute my fierce anger nor destroy Ephraim again, for I am, a, I am God and not a man, the Holy One in your midst, and I will not come in wrath. They will walk after the Lord. He will roar like a lion. Indeed, he will roar and his sons will come trembling from the west. They will come trembling like birds from Egypt and like doves from the land of Assyria. And I will settle them in their houses, declares the Lord. Can you hear the emotion in the heart of the Father? Remember Jesus standing, looking at Jerusalem, saying, Oh, Jeru, Jeru, how I've longed to gather you like a hen gathers her chicks, but you would not. The heart, the breaking heart of God is his continuous cry, Love me, love me. On um, Thursday night, I was, I was thinking about some issues and situations, and I was I was a bit concerned that people might be upset about something or uh, something that we'd done. And, and I was thinking about it. And I suddenly heard the Lord speak to me, cut through my thoughts. I wasn't praying. I was just worrying. And he cut through my thoughts. And he said, I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking about tomorrow night. I was like, oh, tomorrow's going to be good. Wow, well, that's interesting, God. And then on Friday, I was asking him, what are, you, what are you excited about, God? He said, they're going to come and worship me. They're going to come and love me. You see, we get this concept of God. And, and he is God who needs nothing. But we get this idea that he, he's somehow unknowable. Yet he says, you and I are created in his image. And you and I have been given emotion. Because he has emotion, deep, deep emotion, fiery, passionate emotion. His eyes blaze like fire. It's not just a technical thing that happens. They blaze with a fiery passion, a fiery love, a love for us like we have never understood. We pray in Ephesians chapter 3. You know, it's one of my favorite prayers. Lord, give, strengthen us with might 
in our inner being, that we may know, be able to comprehend together with all the saints, Christ dwelling in our hearts through faith, that we being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend what is the height and the depth and the width and the breadth, the love of God that passes knowledge. And we pray that. But I tell you, as God is answering that prayer in a continuous way, we, I'm beginning to recognize the fear of God that comes along with this. This love is not just a nice thing. It's holy and fiery and ferocious and glorious. Hallelujah. For I desire loyalty more than sacrifice. I desire kindness toward me more than sacrifice. As you read through the scripture, you see... Um, you see it here, you see it all the way through the Word of God. You see Jesus saying again, this is the greatest commandment repeated through, throughout the, the Gospels. This is the foremost, greatest, most important thing. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. Love me. This is what the Lord is saying. Love me, love me, love me. And then in the epistles, we see it again, really clearly, the command, the fiery need, the desire of God, the call of God for us to love him. I shared from um, the parable of the sheep and the goats uh, recently, and then, and then Jesus speaking and saying, many will come to me on that day saying, Lord, Lord, have we not done miracles in your name, prophesied in your name? And he'll say, depart from me, I never knew you. When you look at that word, it's actually about being entwined with God. It's about being, having a heart connection with God. God's desire is that we would know him, that we would know him, we would discover him, that we would walk with him in a way that he has captured our hearts and that we give him our love. That is our highest calling. That is our greatest thing. And then I was reading... What struck me as a pretty heavy scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. And, you know, I love the benedictions where Paul signs off and we often finish church with a benediction. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all this day and forevermore. Beautiful benedictions. And here's the benediction at the end of 1 Corinthians. Verse 21, the, this greeting is in my own hand, Paul. So here comes the benediction. If anyone does not love the Lord, he is to be accursed. Maranatha. Imagine if I finish off the benediction like that. <laughs> what? If anyone does not love the Lord, he is to be accursed. Maranatha. Maranatha, what does Maranatha mean? Anybody know? means our Lord comes or our Lord is coming. Or if you look at, if you look at the, the latter meaning of it, it's our Lord is coming and he will judge those who've set him at naught. Our glorious God. You see, he loves with such a fiery passion. His desire is that you would love him back because this whole story of redemption, the Bible says, for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross. He paid the price hoping that you would exercise your own free will to love him back. That we would have the glorious good news ending of 
Instead of unrequited love, we'd have God getting the reward of his suffering. The reward of his suffering is your love. His people loving him back. His people, the ones he's created in his image, which is human beings. His reward is that you would love him back. Hallelujah. And then today as I was praying, I, I felt the Lord actually speak from Isaiah twenty two twenty two, And I believe it's a word for the new year, for, for 2022. And Isaiah 22, 22 says this, it's, a, it's about the key of David. I will set the key of the house of David on his shoulder. When he opens, no one will shut. When he shuts, no one will open. That same key of David's referred to again in Revelation chapter 3. In the message to Philadelphia, Philadelphia is one of only two churches that don't actually receive a rebuke. It's It's interesting. And here it is in, in Revelation, that same reference to the key of David. And to the angel of the church of Philadelphia write, He who is holy, who is true, who has the key of David, who opens and no one will shut, and who shuts and no one opens, says this, I know your deeds. Behold, I've put before you an open door which no one can shut, because you have a little power, and have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Behold, I will cause those that are of the synagogue of Satan, who say they are Jews and are not, but lie, and I will make them come and bow down at your feet, and make them know that I have loved you. Because you've kept the word of my perseverance, I will keep you from the hour of testing, that hour which is about to come on the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. I am coming quickly. Hold fast to what you have so that no one will take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he will not go out from it anymore. And I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God and my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The key of David. What is the key of David? You study it out, nobody comes to a clear conclusion, but I think it's fairly obvious. As I'm doing my slow walk through the Psalms, the thing that David had was he loved the Lord, he is God. He loved the Lord his God, even though he sinned and made messes. He was honored. He was the one that was, was designated as David. In, in David's line will come the Messiah. David, the house of David. David, the key of David. David's key. I love you. Help. I love you. 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 And this is the heart of God. He's crying out, love me back. I want you to have the key of David. The key of David is what's going to open doors that no one can shut. Those who love me. Those who will love me back. You know, as I've been thinking about this and meditating on it, it's changed my time alone with the Lord. Because instead of going and thinking, oh, yes, it's good for me to have some time with the Lord, I'm recognizing with a holy fear, this is what I have been purchased for. I've been purchased to love you. I hear your, your call to love you. 
So, Lord, I love you. Help me to love you more. Help me, God. I love you, God. And as you get honest with him and you give him your love, this is, this is it. This is the key of David. This is the oil that will keep the fire burning. This is, the, this is the fire of his love. This is what will impact you. And this is how you keep it burning if you will love him back. You can have a look anywhere pretty much in the Psalms and discover it. But Psalm 31 verse 23. Oh, love the Lord, all you his godly ones. Over and over again, you hear David urging people, Oh, love the Lord. Love the Lord. He is worthy. And he had, he had this connection with God where he knew this one thing I know. God is for me. God is on my side. God is for me. Who can be against me? He knew it because he had a love relationship with his father. He knew because he had cultivated a deep connection where I know this one thing I know, it doesn't matter if an army encamps against me, it doesn't matter what comes against me, this is one thing I've desired, Psalm 27, this will I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on his beauty. Why do I love the glory? Because in the glory, I can't think about anything else. <sighs> We get to gaze on his glory. We get glimpses of the glory of God. And if glimpses mean I can't stay on the ground, if glimpses are, and Pastor James released a word that there's embers being released. I'm like, if that's an ember, I don't know what I can do with, oh God, I really need you to strengthen me body, soul, and spirit. But I want more. In his glory, in his light, we see light. God wants to release the spirit of glory, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. The whole sevenfold manifest manifestation of the spirit of God. He wants us to be overwhelmed in our pursuit of him. Seek the Lord and he, then you will find him. Psalm 45, I just will finish on. I shared a bit of this on Friday night. And it's a fascinating psalm because it really is a picture of intimacy, identity and increase, which is our core values for Glory City. It starts off, my heart overflows with a good theme. I address my verses to the king. I, I memorized it in the NIV when I was a child. Uh, that um, my heart is stirred by a noble theme. A noble theme. What is this noble theme? It's a wedding song. It's a beautiful wedding song, but it's more than just a wedding song for Solomon and his bride. It's a picture of Christ and his bride and the longing in the heart of God for his bride. But it starts off with, with um, description of the majesty and the splendor of the king. 
And that's why we start worshipping God, declaring his majesty and his goodness, because out of that, we recognize how wonderful he is. And as we get wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, Ephesians 1, we begin to understand the hope of our calling, the riches of his glorious inheritance in us, the saints, and the greatness of the power toward us who believe. The next part of the psalm is, about, is a description of the king's daughter, the, the bride, and how beautiful she is. And then it finishes off with the sons and the legacy that she's going to have, having given up and left her past behind, having given herself to the king. You're going to have legacy. You're going to have sons. Intimacy, identity, increase. And this is the noble theme that God has for us. The noble theme is that my king, he died for me. My king, his heart yearns for us to love him back. I remember when I was just 23 years old and I had, uh, Jess was just a baby and when she'd be asleep during the day, have her asleep, I'd pray. And I remember one day being on the floor groaning in intercession and I just had a vision and I saw people And I saw them actually just walking blindly off a cliff. And I saw, I turned and I saw the face of Jesus and his his eyes undid me. There was such deep grief in his face. And then I saw myself calling out to these people and telling them, hey, hey, the message of salvation. But I'll never forget the look of grief on the face of Jesus. Like we, we get this idea that somehow, oh, well, give it a shot. Hopefully somebody will get saved. But if we understood, you know, imagine, I say it like this. Imagine if you had a child that had been abducted at birth and somebody on the street one day, you spent everything you had to try and find this child. And then one day someone on the street said they saw your child. This person who doesn't even know you exist, but, but you've been looking for your whole life. And imagine if they said, oh, I didn't, I didn't tell them that you were looking for them because I, um, you know, I didn't want to embarrass them or... <sighs> As a parent, uh, you, can a woman forget her child or have not compassion on the son of her womb, the scripture says? Surely they may forget, but I will not forget you. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. You see, if we understood how much he cares, if we understood that, like, you can hear his heart here in Hosea. Can I just forget you? Can I just let you go? I can't. I can't. Because you're mine and I love you. And even if you're unfaithful, I'll keep coming after you because I love you. I love you. I love you. Love me back. Love me back. Because if you and I come into a love arrangement, a love relationship, and you surrender your life to me, he says, I will give you my life and we will have eternal life together. It sounds like a heavy word, I know. 
But I feel the fear of God on this. I believe the Holy Spirit is wanting to release to us a fresh revelation of how much he loves us. A fresh revelation of our opportunity to meet the deep cry of his heart. Our deep calls out to his deep. Our deep need calls out to the deep kindness of his love, but it's also a deep longing. Uh, and when that connection is made, all of heaven rejoices because they know this is the only thing that matters to him. This is it. This is, this is everything that we would be reconciled to him, that we would find him, that we would know that he was for us, that he loves us, and that we would love him back with loyal hearts, that we would give ourselves to loving him. In doing that, the Bible says, as you delight yourself in the Lord, he'll give you the desires of your heart. It's his good pleasure to give you the kingdom. It's his good, but because he knows that once he has your heart, nothing else is going to turn your head. He knows this one's been, this one's given her heart. And here she is, giving her heart. Nothing else is going to turn her head, so I can add this and I can add that. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to bring us into a place and a time of exceedingly abundantly above all we've asked, hoped, or imagined. And he's going to get all the glory and all the praise. But it's going to require you to come and give yourself to him, to come and love him, to recognize your, your one thing, the utmost primary thing that you and I are called to is love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. It's not a condemning word. It's not saying you can't live a normal life. I talk to him about this sometimes. I'm like, I'm, I'm a wife, I'm a mother, I'm, you know, I have to spend time with family. I can't just, can't just be reading the Bible all the time and praying all the time. And God doesn't expect or want you to be doing that. He wants you to have an abundant life, but he wants to be the center and the utmost, the highest thought all the time, that you would carry him as a flame in your heart, continually looking for opportunity to turn aside and to worship him, to give him love. Can you feel how oily this message is? Oily in terms of the oil in your lamp. If you will give yourself to loving him, you will have a continual supply of the oil of God. You'll want to read his word. You'll be discovering him in the word of God. You'll want to worship him. And as you intentionally give yourself to pursuing him, you will find him in ever-increasing ways. Hallelujah. I want to make an opportunity tonight. If anyone's here and you know in your heart you aren't walking with God, God came and he paid the ultimate price to free us from sin. He paid the ultimate price for you and I to be reconciled to him. And he is just waiting for the day, waiting for the day that you turn and say, here I am.
waiting for the day where you say, yes, yes, Lord, I recognize you're my father, that you're my creator, and I come to you, I come back to you, and I say, have mercy on me, forgive me for my sin, thank you for the price you've paid, I receive that gift of mercy, I receive your forgiveness, and yes, I come, and I love you back. This is eternal life, that they may know him, the one true God. And Jesus Christ, whom he sent, that we may know him, that we may not just know about him, but we may have an intimate connection with him where we go, I love you back. If you're here and you know in your heart you aren't walking with God, you aren't loving the Lord, and you want to give your life to him and you say, yes, Lord, I want to receive Jesus as my Lord. I want to take that that gift of mercy today, and I want to receive him as my saviour. Or if you're watching online, I'd love you to write and tell us there that you want to receive Jesus as your saviour. Just write it there in the, the, the comments, and we'll have someone pray for you. But if you're here and you know in your heart you need to get your life right with God and you want to, get, you want to receive Jesus as your saviour, would you wave your hand at me? I want to pray for you before we pray for anyone else tonight. Is anyone here that says, yes, that's me? I want to give my life to Christ tonight. Just wave your hand at me and I want to give you that opportunity. Is there anyone here that says, yes, that's me? Thank you, Jesus. Well, I want to ask you the question. Do you love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and your mind? Even if you can't say yes, you can say, I want to, want to. That's enough. I want to, want to. I've been in places of discouragement and depression where I've thought, I can't even honestly say I want you more, God, because I'm not feeling it. But I want to, want to. And as I've said, I want to, want to. The presence of God's come and he's helped. Now I believe the Holy Spirit wants to release fire today, a fiery reignition of passion and first love. And um, I... Another vision that I had back when I was just, just very young, um, I remember being in a conference and I, I, I was watching myself in a vision, standing on a platform and fireballs were going out over the crowd and people were getting up out of wheelchairs, people were getting healed. It was glorious. I'm very excited for the, for the miracle meeting on Friday night. So I encourage you to come. I really believe it's going to be a wonderful, wonderful time. I got the fireball now, and I'm going to give it, hallelujah, as the Holy Spirit leads. And I just believe for the fire of God to bring miracles and signs and wonders. But, um, you know, I really feel tonight I want to... Uh, I want to release that tonight. I want people who, who say in their hearts, I need to be revived on the inside, God. I want that spark of fire. I want that fiery love, Lord, in my life. Have, help me. Help me. Have mercy on me, God. Help me. Bring me to the place where my love burns bright for you. And so uh, we're going to pray for people. I'm going to ask them. Um, Pastor James and, and Barry, and they can just come with me. We'll just pray for everybody. Um, but before we do that, let's take communion together. Can we do that? Thank you, Lord. Is this word speaking to anybody tonight? Thank you, Lord. I read that Corinthian scripture and I was like, 
God, you know, I don't think I want to say that. But, I, you know, I think he does. He does. It's true. Hallelujah. Magnificent God. Lord, we love you. We love you. We love you. Holy One. I do this in the mornings. A little collection of cups beside my chair. I should clean them up. Sorry, God. (laughs) It's what I like to do first thing in the morning. And we can take this piece of bread. I break it just in remembrance that Jesus, his body was broken. You know, I'm praying, Holy Ghost, help me to go beyond the simple intellectual knowledge and never fall into a trap of just knowing about you when I do this. But God, help me to feel the impact of your love and what you did. You did so much more than pay for my sin. You gave your whole life. You suffered and died and went to hell so I wouldn't have to. You did that for me. You did that because you loved me so much you couldn't stay any longer in heaven. You had to come and give yourself for me. He said, this is my body broken for you and do this in remembrance of me. So every time we do this, we remember what Jesus did. Why don't you just take a moment with him right now? Say, Father, thank you. Thank you for what you did for my body. Thank you, Lord, that you, you, were, you were broken so that my body could be healed. Your body was wounded and whipped and beaten and broken and destroyed. You took everything on you, sickness, sin and death. You took it all so that I could be made free. Thank you, Jesus. The chastisement of my peace was upon you. Father, forgive me for where I've worried. Lord, I thank you that we cast all our cares. We roll it all over onto you. God, we declare you are our peace who has broken down every wall. God, we take your body broken for us. And we say thank you, Lord. Thank you that by your stripes we were healed. Lord, let's eat together. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. Thank you, Lord, for your body. Thank you, Lord, for your broken body. Just take a moment. Thank you for his broken body. Thank you, Lord, for healing. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your protection. Thank you, Lord. Dom released a word the other night that the Lord was doubling the guard with the angels as he was increasing the glory. I went home and I watched it again. It was an awesome, powerful word, Dom. And I've been been declaring it. Thank you, Lord, that he surrounds us with his favor as with a shield. And, you know, at the Passover, when, when the angel of death was coming, they were told to put the blood of the lamb over their doorpost. And when the angel of the Lord saw the blood, death would pass over. Well, this, this cup, as we take this, we remember That that eternal death that we should be having because of our sin, the wages of sin is death, separation from God for eternity. He shed his own blood so that we wouldn't have to 
we wouldn't have to, to be in eternity without him. He suffered. He went to hell so we didn't have to. His blood was given so that we could be made clean, so that we could be forgiven. Hallelujah. Do you believe you are forgiven? You know, the Bible says that as you confess your sin, he is faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. By grace you are saved through faith. You've actually got to have faith in this blood. Faith that this blood does what he says it would do. That is take away all of your sin. Not a stain, not a regret. Hallelujah. Let's drink together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just lift your voices and worship him. Thank you. Thank you for freedom, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for loving us. We love you back, Lord. We love you back, Lord. We love you back, Lord. We love you. We love you. We bless you. We worship you. We worship you. You are worthy. You are worthy. Even if you don't want to sing, you just tell him out loud, I love you, Lord. I love you. I love you. Because it's the words that he's been longing to hear from your heart. It is the, pro it is the reason he went to the cross is that he would hear from you that you love him back, that you worship him, that you will exalt him, that you will glorify him, that you will recognize that he is the king of kings and the Lord of lords above all else. Lord, we bless you. We love you. We love you. We love you. You're worthy. You're wonderful. You're holy. Be glorified. We love you. We love you. We love you. Jesus, be lifted high. Be lifted high, God. We love you. We love you. Holy, 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 holy. Oh, God, we love you. We bless you. We worship you. Hear your people, holy one. We love you, we love you, we love you, we love you. Ropa se tutose. Come, let us return to the Lord, for he has torn us, but he will heal us. He has wounded us, but he will bandage us. He will revive us after two days. He will raise us up on the third day that we may live before him. So let us know, let us press on to know the Lord. His going forth is as certain as the dawn, and he will come to us like the rain, like the spring rain watering the earth. It's the promise of God. If you want to re receive tonight... I believe an impartation for the fiery love of God to be sparked afresh in your heart. I want you to come and, and just line up. We're going to go around and we're just going to pray for everybody. Aaron, if we could get some worship on. Um, it's, yeah, it's going to be good. You choose. <laughs> I'll give you the benediction. <laughs> Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, 
and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Holy One, help us. Help us, God, to love you like you deserve. Hallelujah.